Hello and welcome to the I Word. This podcast may contain strong language. to the iWord and to volume six. I'm your host Andy Sellers and today's episode is with Hamza Ali. Now I met Hamza I think when I saw a show that him and a previous guest on the podcast and a good friend Emil Russo co-directed at Royal Holloway University. Uh, I thought the show was amazing and I think I spoke to Hamza at that point but I can't remember another point definitely said he was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, and now Hamza is now studying at Central on the movement course. And so I was really interested to chat to him about that and to chat to him about how uh, life is going in the Zoom education world. So let's get into it. Yeah, cool. So what I was going to ask just then was... Um, so, because I know that you you worked a lot with Emil at uh, university, um, and you now are doing a movement course. But I wondered what do you what do you think of your what do you think of yourself in terms of the I word? Because I usually always ask of I always usually ask, oh, when was the last time you wanted to be a director, sound designer, actor? So, what do you think of yourself as in the I word? Or have you not gone that far ahead yet? <laughs> um, it's a funny one, that, because I would say movement director yeah. right now. Um, but movement directing is such a new kind mm. of thing. In t- well, it's been around for a while, but only right now is it really flourishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say movement director, but because it's such a vague term, as in no one really knows what a movement director does, um, I kind of fluctuate between like director, movement director, I think it says movement artist on my like, nice. Yeah, it just, it, it really changes. No, yeah, I guess, I guess it's so kind of fluid in that way and it can lead you to old, so many different avenues. But so then when was the last time when was the last time you really had like that kind of moment of wanting to be in the I word then rather than just thinking about movement directing or all that stuff? When was the last time you really felt like you wanted to be part of this industry, the I word? Um, so yeah, like you said, I was working with Emil doing loads of directing and stuff at uni. And when I finished that, I really just wanted to work, mm-hmm. not necessarily even in the I word. I just wanted to work. Mm-hmm. So I did that and I managed, I managed to get a job. I was really lucky to get a job um, abroad. Oh, what was the job? Oh, wow. Where was that? So it was, yeah, it was in Thailand. Wow. And it was a, like a drama intern position at a British international school. Wow. Which was, yeah, an incredible experience, like really, really good. But whilst I was out there, I, yeah, I was adamant. I was adamant. I did it. I'm not going to do a master's. Like, I'm not going to go down that drama school route um because i don't want to be a performer i don't want to like that's 
that was very much my idea of drama school. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of drama schools, that is the case, I'd say. Like, it's very much like acting, directing, stagecraft. And then one day when I was looking for jobs, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll have a search. Like, maybe I'll just see what's out there in terms of masters. And I typed in like physical theatre masters or like movement masters. And the top one was this course at Central. And then I had a look and that, that was the moment. When I saw that course, that was the moment when I was like, okay, yeah, like this is, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. Like this course sounds incredible. Um, and I applied and yeah, from that point onwards, I was like, okay, cool. Like I found what I want to do in the I word. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's really interesting. I think a lot of times that kind of weird, um, I spoke with it about, I spoke with Emil about it is that a lot of the time it can feel kind of like a weird kind of like going backwards and forwards through different things. It's really interesting that you said that you absolutely did not want to be a performer and that you, mm. when you said the performer, that you then said director. So do you, de- do you see movement's direction or whatever route you're going down as a more sort of performative route compared to what you were looking at before? Um, it's... I I would say it's more directing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than I mean when you say performer route, do you mean like working with performers or like performing myself? Yeah, I suppose I mean more sort of like um as opposed to facilitation or teaching, which sort of stuff you're doing in Thailand, more based around the performance, more based around not so much sort of theoretical or uh, like teaching, but more to do with an actual, like a product, a performance, or uh, working with actors to reach a end goal of performance, whether it's in TV or screen. Yeah. TV or TV or theatre, <laughs> TV or screen. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah. So the interest in performance, that performance side, was always there, mm. and I think when I when I was like, I don't want to be a performer. I think it was because I loved being creative and I loved um, being on that side of things. Right. And that's why I love directing, right, right. especially. Mm. So, but just directing didn't click because I was like, I, I, my interests were too niche. Like I didn't, <laughs> if I was going to be a director, I didn't, I felt like I wasn't broad enough in my interests like I really loved movement Mm. yes I was interested in other things but not to the degree that I could just be a director right um because I'd probably get no work (laughs) (laughs) well I don't know I don't know so where did this uh where did that interest sort of like stem from like where what were you have you always been interested in movement direction I didn't really know what movement direction was Mm. until probably third year of uni right in fact the first i heard of it was this director who is his his name's alex hick he was in third year when i was in first year of uni and he was like that guy like in that year yeah the director yeah and yeah he's gone on to do some really cool stuff but he when i was in third year i think he invited me to come and see one of his shows in rehearsal um and i went and watched he was like oh so what are you what are you interested in now what do you want to do and i i said oh i'm really interested in movement and physical theater and i really like directing but yeah that 
like that's it like, I don't really know like I don't don't know how I can marry the two and he was like well why don't you have you looked at movement direction and I was like <laughs> and he described it to me he's like oh like there's this there's a movement director who comes and he they look they work on all the movement parts of the piece um and i was like that is the that is the dream job like that's ideal and that's the first i heard of it and then i kind of did that as like i was like a dramaturg on some uni pieces that would just look at movement awesome which i guess is kind of just movement directing yeah and then it wasn't until I found this course I really researched it and I was like, okay, now I understand what this role is. Mm. It's something that's like, I think it's, I, can't, I, I think we, we could talk about it a little bit later, but I think there's something that's really started to, the idea of someone coming in to help specifically with the movement is, is kind of just sort of flourishing, whether it's with, to do with intimacy or whether it's to do with, uh, I mean, fight direction has been around for ages but like the idea of getting someone in to just look at the movement can just take a piece to the next level in in my opinion but um so yeah so then what so so i suppose then going back a bit so then before uni what was it that was what was it that was um because you said you weren't sure about moving direction or direction or kind of like which literal direction you were going in terms of what you wanted to do in the I words. So what was, what was, uh, what were you watching? What were you reading? What was kind of inspiring you to want to go to a university and, uh, and study? So I discovered physical theatre first mm. at, at school mm. and I was lucky that my school really supported the arts and drama and music particularly. So my drama teacher, when I was in GCSE, introduced us to physical theatre. What was your drama teacher called? Never... What was your drama teacher called? Mrs. Wells. Awesome. Mrs. Cool. Wellsby. Cool, yeah. cool. And she, yeah, she just blew my mind when I was like, this, there's this thing called physical theatre because I was never the best actor in terms of just naturalism, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I discovered physical theatre, it's kind of this storytelling without words. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, I really enjoy this. I really like doing this. And I was playing sport a lot since I was a young, like a young kid. Mm. So that interest in like the physical side of things was, was there. And it kind of married my interest in being physical with storytelling and my interest in being creative. Mm. And so I was huge physical theatre nerd like I was looking at frantic assembly works from like way back like, re- like reading all of their like rehearsed there's a show they did called beautiful burnout which we looked at as part of our course and I was looking at all of their rehearsal plans in detail and looking at like what their act they had the actors doing and all like the PT like the um like all the training yeah. stuff they were doing and um yeah as well as frantic they were, it's all the all the physical theatre companies like like DVA, um, Push, Gecko, like all their stuff I was just stalking and trying out. Um, even at lunch times I remember I'd be in like the drama studio with a couple of my the other guys who were on the doing drama with me and we'd just be there doing trying out lifts and stuff. That's so like, cool. Getting, <laughs> getting injured and bruised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I was the shortest one, I'd always be the one to get lifted. So <laughs> We'd be like, oh, yeah, let's try this, let's try this. And I'd be there in the air with my six-foot friend who just dropped me. 
That's so cool. I love that idea of the sort of kind of like the um in the lunch times I think that's like was that when you sort of you felt like a kind of real love for it started to come it was that kind of that collaboration with other people and it was what did you say you in GCSEs that was GCSEs right oh, okay cool yeah and so then what did you uh take with that to college um so my school had like an integrated sixth form oh right okay yeah yeah so I did for my A-levels I did theatre studies and then biology, psychology, and physics. Cool. So it was real. This real like <laughs> split. Like it wasn't the usual like English or history. It was, um, yeah, like very science based. Because I enjoyed science as well. Yeah. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. <laughs> Does it? Did. Yeah. This may sound a bit like a lazy question, but I suppose it's sort of like, I I, I don't know. It's just, I always feel like it's it's interesting to think. Do you ever feel like any of that scientific background informs anything you do in the same way that you mentioned your connection with sports and the physical informed your uh, work in sort of theatre world as well? Do you feel like the science background has any part of it? Movement? Like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, movement... It sounds really wanky, but movement no, is everywhere. Like movement is... <laughs> yes, come on. <laughs> it's in everything. That's a Vanessa and... Ewan quote if I've ever heard it. As well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Vanessa would agree. Um, and the science, the science really backs all the movement. Like studying, I mean, yeah, studying physics A level. I was really bad at it, but that has informed my you know weight time and space like yeah larger. totally yeah um and there's the set there is the scientific explanations of that stuff mm. which provides a really good basis but that is a really nice foundation from where you can then be creative mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. that makes sense no totally um yeah and i definitely definitely use that that interest in science and study of the natural world i think is it's something that a lot of movement practitioners have in common. Like they really have a, an interest in the natural world and are very like nature orientated and want to explain the natural world. So yeah, there is something there. There is like a common trait mm. in movement people that I've noticed. Mm. Interesting. Well, uh, whereabouts are you from? Uh, Loughborough. Oh, okay. Is it uh, in the Midlands? Do you, um, is it a big theatre town, Loughborough? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> the, honestly, the amount of times I've said that question on this thing is is madness. Oh, sorry, I've just uh, I've realised my phone's not on. I need to do some notes. Um, bear with me. Uh, what time is it? Fourteen. Yeah. So, uh, how how so was it was it entirely because I'm I'm really keen on always trying to ask about teachers and people who kind of in those little uh, is it Loughborough City town town in those sorts of like towns and places very kind of middle England I come from a place very similar on the south coast um, and I'm always keen on trying to find those people who maybe sparked those things and so was it did that spark come from the teacher at the GCSEs or was it, was there something that you were exposed to in Loughborough, like a piece of theatre that sort of made you go like, oh, this is cool. 
Loughborough wasn't. I mean, Loughborough had a town hall, has a town hall theatre that does pantos and yeah. <laughs> some of the other productions. I don't think I've ever seen a show there, maybe once or twice when I was really young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, that really wasn't the place. I think it all came from school. Like, cool. it was all my teachers. Like, Mrs. Wellsby was my GCSE teacher hmm. who kind of started everything. And then um, my A level teachers. Um, Miss Bruton mm. and Miss Boone they were they really took yeah they just really cared about us and it's really like yeah I mean <clears throat> Miss Boone was she'd go up against like the I don't know what you call them like moderators like the people from the exam board yeah yeah yeah, yeah the moderators um, so they would send the teachers like a set of practitioners that um, they recommend the kids to study and in that would be like Stanislavski, Stanislavski there'd be oh I don't you know what else would be in there but like a selection of practitioners for mm-hmm. them to focus on for their A-level work mm-hmm. and um, set text and Miss Boone was like I want to do Sarah Kane blasted with these like 16 year olds sick <laughs> and, Wow. <laughs> and the exam board would be like, well, the, she told us the exam board, like, we recommend that you don't do that. Like, it's a piece that we don't really advise for that age group. And, like, it's quite a, you know, it's quite a heavy piece, quite a deep Yeah, just a bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and she was like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with them. And she took us on this, like, incredible journey with this piece, just kind of defying everything. And we, we all just fell in love with Sarah Kane and just mm. all these different things within that piece and theatre in, in general as well. Um, so, yeah, I think my teachers were real... The teachers were all real risk-takers. Cool. And I think that wore off on the students. Yeah, definitely. I love that idea of doing Sarah Kane at 16. Was it, like... <laughs> was it one of those things as well where it was? it felt like it was... Um, did you... Was that when you started to think of it seriously in terms of like a career path because it sounds like it's it sounds like they took you seriously in the same way that they sounded like they cared it sounded like they took you seriously as like potential artists or potential performers or whatever you want to call it did you feel that um yeah yeah there's definitely a case of that and i don't think we realized it when we were students right we only i only realized it looking back how seriously they did take us like i remember one lesson where we were being introduced to jacques lecoq right yeah and you can probably see where this is going as like a bunch of 16 year olds she was like oh walk around the room and we're walking around she's like so jacques lecoq and 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 we're all just there like giggling whilst walking around the room and we it was one of those things where you're not allowed to laugh so it just gets funnier yeah 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 around making eye contact and she just flipped out like she was so angry at us and we didn't really get why we were like oh i, I you know and now i realize you know in fact even now you're saying this i'm like okay yeah that makes so much more sense now i think they really did take us seriously and they really did care about um they really saw us as yeah theater people wanted to they wanted to support our journey into the i word mm. um, without being too pushy yeah because in a way, like you laughing at it, and or or her allowing you to laugh at it, was almost in a way kind of you know un- like allowing you to sort of undermine 
what you were doing. I mean, maybe that's that's maybe that's really deep, but it's almost like I don't know. Like I always think that uh, I've definitely been guilty of laughing at Jack Lecoq before, um, but <laughs> I think there's something to it. I think there's something to just be like, no, 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 don't you don't take this seriously because. You're like <laughs> you should take it seriously if if it's seriously what you want to do, and it sounded like it was what you wanted to do at that at that time. Um, and so, what made you go to um, what made you want to go to London for uni? It it was the course. Yeah. Like I London. I did not. I know that London was the place. Like it was the place for theatre. And, but there was no real interest for me to live in London mm-hmm. and work in London. Um, so really the course brought me there. But now that I am in London, I'm realising that I do kind of need to be there. Why do you think? Um, so I know there's, there's loads of other cities and opportunities, but part of it is, is because of movement direction, I think. And, and also because... I've now got roots there. Mm-hmm. So even being on Central, being on the course, like the placements that we're doing or the the external placement that we're going to be put on um, or the internal placement right now is at Central. Mm. Um, I'm kind of getting to know people in London, forming connections. And if I move out, I don't know. I just feel like it won't be the same. But saying that, I've got the Curve Theatre on my doorstep in Leicester. Mm. And to be able to work there and kind of live in my actual home mm. in the Midlands would be incredible. Like, I'd love that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, London's a funny one. Also, I, I, I don't enjoy city life. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> Was it? So, because yeah. you, went, you went to Holloway. Which which is a uni that I've I visited a couple of times while Amir was there, uh, and it seems like a it's, it seems like Hogwarts. It's got this weird like it's huge, and it has a bit of a it has a taste of London, but it doesn't feel like it's necessary. It feels like a kind of town outside of London. Was that that sounds like it kind of suited your sort of vibe at the time, the sort of not wanting to be in the city life. And so, how was it? Uh, how is it settling into sort of Holloway? Into Holloway. Yeah. Into well, into Ho- into Holloway because it's like it's 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 like it's very much a kind of outskirtsy university. It's not kind of like in the thick of it. It's not like going to be hustle and bustle in the same way that Central is. Mm. Um, I loved Holloway and yeah. I really really enjoyed the vibe, like the Hogwarts vibe. Um, <laughs> it's a beautiful campus and you know going back to what we were saying before like I'm definitely a nature boy Mm. and I'm realising that more and more Mm. especially when I moved to London and so Holloway was perfect because it just had a fat forest yeah yeah yeah, literally and (laughs) it was yeah I loved it I mean it was a bubble yeah and to be honest in my life up till the point that I moved to London I just went from one bubble to another even now I'm in a bubble because of the pandemic Mm. Um, I haven't been able to see the city I haven't been able to really see Central Mm. other than the people on my course Mm. so I'm very accustomed to the bubble life (laughs) was a bubble my school was a bubble Um, Holloway was a bubble Um, 
so yeah I think when that bubble yeah when I moved to the city I was like oh okay there's other this is big this mm, is a big bubble yeah 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 okay and so how was it so you sort of um when did you meet because uh, because in my head the when I speak to Emil particularly about Holloway it sounds like you guys formed a friendship pretty early on and you formed this kind of uh, bond the same way that you sounded like you formed with your mates at lunchtimes you know doing lifts <laughs> it sounded like you kind of like bonded and then you did uh, you know a show at uni which sounded like it was quite a big deal considering it was two first years doing a show so when did you when did you when did that sort of working relationship first like form um, I, Emil might have told you this story because I know we both love telling it but <laughs> it was I think it was like Freshers Week or maybe the week after mm-hmm. where I'd seen I'd seen Emil in the department but I didn't really know who he was I mm-hmm. thought he looked really edgy cool oh god like, okay, don't like tell him that <laughs> <laughs> and then I yeah we hadn't really spoke because I don't think we had any like time to speak, um, and we, but we both went for this I think assistant director position mm-hmm. for Alex Hick. Yes yes yeah, yeah. And neither of us got it, <laughs> but I think that's when we actually first met and we both mentioned that we like physical theatre, um, and then that we I didn't take that any further. But then I got a message from Emil like two days later saying hey like. In that typical first year style when you're just really over enthusiastic about everything and like, hey, wanna be my best friend? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he sent me this message saying, like, hey, I know you love, uh, I saw you like physical theatre, do you want, I've got an idea for a show. Like, do you wanna meet up and talk about it? And we did, and he told me the idea, and then I went away, and he, he said there's this one song of this one album um, called The Race for Space that he likes and he thinks it'd be a cool physical theatre piece. Um, so I was like yeah that sounds really cool I'll listen to the whole album and I'll, I'll check it out and I'll, I'll come up with some ideas I then went away, got my notebook listened to the whole album in my um, in my room, my first year accommodation <clears throat> and then just made like loads of notes like pages and pages of notes of like ideas because I just thought this idea was so cool went back to Emil and he was like whoa like you've really you've really done a lot here like this is this is like a whole show and I was like yeah like what do you think it's like yeah this is cool and then we just started bouncing ideas off each other mm. and that relationship just continued for the next three years mm. I think of just bouncing ideas off each other um that show was such a great experience um the race for space and it started as a 10 minute piece and then we turned into a 40 minute piece um so yeah, like that that was very much like the the friendships I had at school of doing physical theatre in the in the studios at lunch times. <laughs> yeah, similar kind of vibe. Nice. And so when um did you ever direct uh, your sort of uh, did you ever direct your own show as well as the one that you did with the mail in first year? Do you ever direct your own show at uni? No, I never yeah, I never directed on my own mm. at uni. I did at school but yeah, not at uni. You, I, you did at school? Yeah. Oh! Well, I, I probably should have met... Yeah, yeah what was this? This is, this is one of the things that... Actually, going back to your question before about what made you want to you know, be like, oh, okay, maybe I do want to mm. go into the I word. Mm. Um, 
So at school, they would take a show. The year 12s and 13s would be in a show directed by one of the teachers, and they would take that to Edinburgh, mm-hmm. which is such a, such a great opportunity. That's, yeah. And I performed in it when I was in year 12. And when I was in year 13, um, I had directed like an original piece as part of the festival, like a, another just like school festival. Mm-hmm. And the teachers in my parents' evening were like, oh, we'd like you to direct this year's Edinburgh show. Which I, And I was like, that's incredible. Like, that's such a great... <laughs> wow. Like, I can't believe it. Um, so the show that I directed for the... It was called New Directors Festival. I directed for Edinburgh. Took that up to Edinburgh. And at that point, I was in year 13, and I was looking at open days and going to unis for psychology courses. And I was going to study psychology. Mm. And then after Edinburgh, I was like, mm, this isn't, like, this is what I want to do. Because I think I actually had a taste of the I word in Edinburgh, mm. um, working in a professional theatre, you know, directing my own show, doing all the lights and the sounds and the auditions and the rehearsals. Um, yeah, so I, I got back to school after that, after Edinburgh, and I spoke to my drama teacher. And I said, I'm really in two minds about this. Like, do I do drama at uni or psychology? Because I've just gone around looking at psychology courses. And she was like, well, what do you want to, what would be the dream job for you? And I was like, well, I'd want to be like frantic assembly. Like I want to, I want to make my own theatre. And she's, but, but, you know, that's so, like, there's so much risk involved and, you know, how many people actually, like, make it. And then she just said to me, well, someone's got to do it. Like, that that's all she said to me. And it sounds really cringe. No, it doesn't, it doesn't. That, <laughs> she said that, yeah, like, well, someone's got to do it. And I think that was re- the point, like, when I was like, okay, well, she's not wrong. Like, someone's got to do yeah. it, so why can't, why can't it be me? And then I changed and switched to drama and then did drama at uni um wow yeah, i just went on a tangent i don't know what the question no was. that was great that was like a whole key part of your origin <laughs> <laughs> wow and so what do you do you ever think about what it would have been like if you'd gone to do psychology at uni i don't know what i'd be doing right now. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't have met emil yeah. or any of my friends mm, at uni mm. i wouldn't have I wouldn't be have worked in Thailand just there, and I wouldn't be sat with here you with you now. Like, I don't even know what I'd be doing. It's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, it's that. such like a fork in the. Is it a fork in the road, or just like it's so such like a going to uni? If people do, if someone does go to uni, is such like a kind of. It feels like it just takes you off on this is the path now. You're not going to go on and. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you can get back to the path that you would do before, if you can ever, like, you know, let's revert back. I don't know. But so when third year came around, because I'm interested in um, when I spoke to Emil, I asked him about when third year comes around, particularly at people like, uh, actually, yeah, did you think about going to drama schools? Or you were very much like, no, there wasn't a thing. Um, no, because there was no courses I really wanted to do. Right. Drama yeah. Right. And so. But so when it came, um, you do the three years of, you know, experimenting, doing the thing that you do at uni, which is like you, you know, get to do your own shows, get to uh, study. 
you get to third year and I'm interested in the, the, one of the big things of the podcast is the moments that you, that you turns from a passion that you are learning and studying and trying to hone at a educational place to getting to the sort of edge of the I word and about to enter it as a professional. Mm. And I wonder then how you were going from the third year and then why did you then go to Thailand <laughs> to, te- to teach drama as opposed to, you know, doing which I think wouldn't be outrageous to try and go and out and be a director straight away? Or what, what was that? What was your thought process at that, that time? Because I think it's a lot more common than, than it's thought of. I think that kind of strange feeling of it changing can be strange. Not saying it was for you, but... Yeah. Um... Yeah, third year. I'm trying to think back, like what my mindset was like in third year, and <clears throat> there. I think I just kept switching plans. Like I just kept thinking, okay, this is what I want to do, and no, this is what I want to do. And I'd set. I thought, okay, maybe I'm gonna work after uni. Or maybe, I think I said I'm going to apply for a master's. Right. I actually was going to apply for a master's. Right. At a, um, at a university, not necessarily a drama school. Mm. And then do a PhD. Mm. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then once I have that, like, clout, mm. go into movement directing. Because then I'll, I was like, well, when I've done a PhD, surely at that point, like, I've got enough clout to have contacts and people that, are in the I word and I can kind of get, make my way mm. into the I word and um, work as a movement director and have like my own, that's like a side job mm. as well as PhD stuff. And then my lecturer, Dick McCaw, at my graduation said to me, I don't think that's, I think that's a good plan. <laughs> he just said like, yeah, I don't think academia is for you because admittedly at uni, I just had so much on like I was doing loads of sport and society stuff and all that, that like, they were all on a level for me. Like academia was not really higher. I didn't mm. consider it. I didn't put that much time into right. it compared to the other stuff. So he was like, I don't think academia is for you. Talk to me and we'll discuss like what options you've got. Then that really confused me because I didn't know what to do after that. I was like, well, Okay, yeah, I'll speak to him, but yeah, if academia isn't for me, what can I do? So I, I started to look for jobs and li- literally anything. Like I was looking for part-time work, I was looking for teaching positions, intern work, works in the I word, like like marketing assistant work and, you know, like, mm, those, mm. like theatre jobs, mm. assistant stuff. And... Then my housemate at the time, her little sister was in this school in Thailand and they were looking for a drama intern. So she kind of put me in touch with the drama teacher out there. I applied and got that job. And this was all kind of, yeah, towards the end of my third year. It was just such a whirlwind. Mm. Next thing I know, I was going to Thailand. Jeez, wow. Yeah, it just happened so quick. Like mm. I almost didn't even have time to think and sit and think and be like, what do I want to do? Mm. Um, 
once I was in Thailand, I think I did most of my thinking for like my entire life up to that point when I was there. Wow. Okay. Because how was that to go to a country where I presume you don't know anyone, you're, you know, don't speak the language, you're just sort of completely thrust into this new job that, how, how was that? Um, the country is incredible. How long were you there? I, I was there for, so it was supposed to be a year. It was supposed to be a year out there and I had to cut it short because of COVID. So that was for eight months in the end. Right, right. Uh, which is annoying. Emil was meant to come out and visit as well. Really? We had all these plans. Oh, man. We had to cut, we had to cut it all short. Um, but it was an incredible experience. It was my first time kind of working full stop, like professionally. Mm. So I learned a lot about <laughs> the working lifestyle, the nine to five um, and the job was pretty it was pretty calm like yeah. it was an intern position <laughs> where I was a teaching assistant could pretty much do what I want like I, she was like the drum teacher was like you can make your own schemes of work and teach them so I did a physical theatre course that I just made up and taught it and we had loads of free time in the holidays obviously school holidays so then I could just travel and stuff so it was like semi a gap year and semi working wow that sounds the best gig ever. <laughs> but I suppose it's, it sounds, it's very like, I can easily, you know, fantasize it and make it out. But it, that you said that it, you did a lot of thinking while you were out there. Mm. Yeah. I just think uni was so much. I was doing so much. Right. Um, that I had no time to think, I had no time to myself. I'd always, I, I couldn't really be alone mm. <laughs> without getting too deep. Like I would no, no, yeah. be on my own, even if. Do you, do you need, had, do you need time to uh, be alone to sort of recharge? I do, and but I didn't realize that. Right. So at uni I was just burning out. Mm. And like, there was this one time, like, I'd just been on lacrosse tour. So we did like a week abroad going out, playing lacrosse, like doing, I came back, I was shattered, like mm. so tired. I hadn't had sleep for a week. But just because I'd got back and I was alone in the house, I just messaged my friend to come over. And I was like, thinking back, I was like, why did I do that? Like, mm. I was just, I should have just slept. I should have just had a bit of time to myself. Mm. But, I, and that pretty much sums it up. Like, I just would never be alone until I went to Thailand and I didn't have that big social circle when I was out there. Mm. So... I kind of had to be alone and I realised this this is good yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. should do this more often like, I can actually think about things and process things and um, yeah that's, a, that's such a, a lot of thinking that's a great thing to discover though as well to sort of realise that kind of um, yeah you need that time to recharge I think I spoke about it on a, another episode uh, and it's like I sometimes feel not to generalize it and simplify it but i sometimes feel like there are some people who need time to recharge so they can be with people and then there are people who need time with people to recharge so they can be on their own and i sometimes feel like that's it's when like i know i'm personally like you that i need that time i I think i discovered it's relatively recently as well that i need that time on my own so that i can hang out with people which sounds bad but it's just you know it's not it's not I don't think it's bad. I just think it's it's just pretty natural. It's pretty natural. And so you come back from Thailand and you're you're it's cut short because of the pandemic, which is that's a 
Ugh, that's a real shame. Um, how were you during the pandemic? What were you, were you doing stuff to keep yourself feeling like you were feeling creative, or did you just literally go right? What we're we gonna do? What's what's you know? What 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 was? It, how were you during the pandemic? I guess I'm asking. Um, so I was really lucky that I found this course mm. at towards the end of my time in Thailand. Right. <clears throat> and then when I was, so I got back to the UK first of April. So we just got into lockdown. Right. And. Yeah, I was lucky that I found the course and I found what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So when I got back, I had this rush of motivation and like productivity to be like, okay, let's put this plan into action. Mm. So then I started to, I went in deep with the I word. Like I was like, okay, I need to research, research, research. Awesome. And I've got the time now because we're in a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I looked, I researched, saw, I looked at who's out there, like what movement directors are out there and who's doing what and tried, started to paint this picture of the I word mm. and especially um, for movement, movement directors. Um, and then I was like, I don't know enough about Laban and Lecoq because I spent all my time laughing about the name Lecoq <laughs> at <school>. So <laughs> I started reading up on like Laban, Lecoq, just like brushed up on all my movement stuff because working in a, school as great as it was it's not like i was on the the most advanced like theater stuff Mm -hmm. so i kind of had to brush up on that stuff and really just filled my time in the in lockdown just with movement and drama and i started my own like a movement instagram page nice i was just yeah just posting pictures of, of videos of me doing movement stuff um yeah, and I kind of just filled the time with that until the course, and then got accepted in the course. Mm. And then, yeah. Oh, and I, what's nice is because I was doing that stuff, other things were coming to me, mm-hmm. kind of without without me having to really try too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I got offered to Movement Direct or Direct this like showcase online showcase that a company called mint face productions were doing awesome and that was really cool first time working online mm. directing online how was that um weird really weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it yeah um and it's like a one-to-one piece as well so yeah it, it's so hard not being in the same room as the person mm-hmm. and because that, that was my first experience of it there's things as a as a director you just don't take into account so there was one time where so this was in summer as well and like I feel like last summer was just really hot for like <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 I think so <laughs> yeah 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 um and my actor was getting really flustered mm-hmm. and really like frustrated and we're doing we're doing it again and again and she I was trying to give notes and make it work but it just wasn't happening mm-hmm. and then she was like it's so hot in here like in the room she was in mm. like she and she was like it's boiling it's just so warm and i need to open a window and i obviously i couldn't mm. tell like i didn't know that and then she opened the window i gave i was like take five minutes go out on your balcony like get some fresh air cool down and then we came back and then 
like got it in one in one take <laughs> and i was like this wouldn't happen if we were in the same room yeah so yeah feel that it's yeah yeah it's like hot. it's very hot in this room i should probably <laughs> we should probably just take five minutes that's just, i just i suppose that's just like one of the new aspects of working online i guess so how that leads us in then to the starting of the central course uh where you're taught as well by one of my teachers we used to have at central vanessa ewan who is amazing um how is it how is it doing lessons on zoom um it's not as bad as trying to direct on zoom really because where do you do it where do you where do you move because i'm presuming that you're having to do a lot of movements where are you I just, I mean, I've, I'm lucky I've got space downstairs. Right. Um, there's like a room that's mm. not really being used, so mm. I can use that for movement stuff. Mm. Um, but we've really had to adapt to teaching online. Mm. The courses, yeah, we're doing a lot of teaching as well. I'm on placement at the moment teaching. Of course. So Are you working with a, one of the acting courses? Yeah, yeah. Which, which one? Um, acting BA... Acting musical theatre. Oh, yeah. awesome. That's Very cool. Yeah. How is that as well? It's really fun. Yeah, 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 really yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they, they do an hour of movement a week. Mm. I'm not sure if you had the same. We had, yeah, because we, we, uh, we had someone from Movement Course. We had a few come in over the first year. And it was really nice. It was really interesting when they would come in and they would often do like, we'd do workouts for them sometimes in the morning or they just they would just bring a new kind of fresh uh, energy to the class sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's really, I mean, it's really fun. It's hard on Zoom because I can't really tell, I can't give notes as much because mm-hmm. the screens are really tiny and you just can't see stuff like tension mm-hmm. and you can't hear them breathe. That's a, that's a one as well. Like, you're hearing someone breathe and you can kind of just tell how much effort they're putting into something. Mm-hmm. And on Zoom, you just, you can't at all. But it's really fun. It's like movement fundamentals. We focus on different body part each week. And yeah, we just do movement exercises, like also explorations and improvisations and all sorts. Mm. And so how, how has that course, so you've done a little bit of working on site, a bit of working online, how has that course affected or inspired the way that you want to sort of move forward with your with Hamza's path into the I word. Because I know that we we spoke briefly at the start about how there seems to be this new world that seems to be forming outside of movement direction, which is intimacy, which has uh, levels of fight direction, which has levels of, you know, dance and physical theatre. Where is your, where are you thinking? And is the course making you think in a particular way? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, the course is really. So the course leaders Vanessa and Aisha mm. are brilliant. Like they are incredible teachers, and they've designed the course in a way that makes you just question everything about yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like we started with this task that was to create a a move like a presentation about our movement heritage which is everything we've done from a kid like when we were kids that is movement related and has made us who we are mm. and that was like our first assignment and so we <laughs> it sums it up really like even now 
we're everyone on the course we're all just constantly questioning ourselves like how we teach what our practice is like that's a real um a real through line like what is your practice um so i look i look at the style in which i teach and i'm like oh yeah i can see influences there of my coaching in sport mm. or oh, okay cool like i can see where my interest in physical theater is coming through here in the way that i view space in the way that i you know um so it's a real real self-interrogation mm. and out of that is emerging like a real well-rounded kind of practitioner hmm. um and i think that that the course is designed to do that and it does a really good job in doing that and so moving forward i'm i want to yeah i'm, I'm enjoying movement directing so i want to do that mm. as a career mm. and that's freelance work so it goes you know mm-hmm. contract to contract but i'm also really enjoying the theory side of things mm-hmm. And because so I'm the youngest on my course, and the others they have a lot they have a lot more teaching experience, and so they're teaching you can see that experience in their teaching. Whereas when I'm teaching, I'm still learning mm. on the job. Mm. Um, so my teaching isn't as strong, but I the the theory side is so interesting. Like I just love, you know, I'm still a movement nerd. That you know, that same movement nerd that yeah. was in school yeah, yeah, yeah. is still in me now. So. I, yeah, I'm enjoying reading and writing about movement. And so I'm now thinking, well, why don't I just pursue that? And it's funny, it's really come full circle because now I'm thinking of doing a PhD. Wow. In something to do with movement and to take that study further and just see what is out there in terms of movement. Like just, mm. yeah. Amazing, man. Um, awesome. What's your, what's your recommendation then? My recommendation. This is something I've kind of stolen from the course as well. So Aisha, <laughs> Aisha Tashkirin gave us some advice early on in the course, which was to nourish, like let everything nourish you. That's like a word she uses a lot, like nourish. Mm. And she was like, what nourishes your eyes? It's a good word. Eyes? <laughs> Here's a great word, nourish. She was like, what nourishes your eyes? What nourishes your ears? What nourishes um, just everything? And... Yeah, she kind of, the way she thinks is so cool. We were doing, we're doing Macbeth at the moment. Mm. And in one of the rehearsals, she brought, we were looking at like the witches and how they move. And she brought a picture of these farmers from, I can't remember, I think like an Eastern European country, who were these women who dress. These women who, when the men, I think, die or like go out to, or to leave or whatever. Mm-hmm they take on the role of the man Mm -hmm. in that group and they put on their clothes and there's just pictures of them like standing with like rifles and like the whole physicality is just so masculine Mm. and she was like and Aisha was like okay I want to she brought these pictures in and she was like okay I want to use this in um, the witches movement and I think this could be really great for like the Macbeth witches movement and I just think that's so cool like taking things from everywhere mm. so my recommendation is really I've made it really long winded no it's great it's great I've loved this 
is um, I started Instagram, like another Instagram page um, last week where I just follow loads of accounts that are, just interest me in terms of not strictly being movement or dance, but things from art, photography, history, like other cultures. And it's kind of like a mood board or like an inspiration board that I can just scroll through and save things that I find interesting. And I think no matter what your practice is, that is such a useful thing to have because a lot of, I think a lot of young creators and I've been really guilty of this, have this tunnel vision Mm. of being like, I word, I word, I word, and forget that the rest of the world exists. But really the rest of the world is so useful in nourishing you to get Mm. to the I word. Um, And I think this, yeah, just having a page, like it could be a Pinterest or an Instagram or um, even like a physical like collage where you print and stick things is just such a useful thing to have to, yeah, just keep you inspired. That's such a great idea. That's such a great idea, Hamza. I I think I'll do that myself. Um, (laughs) Hamza Ali, thank you very much, mate. (laughs) Thank you very much. This podcast is produced by me, Andy Sellers, with original music by Dan.